Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Corral, and I'm here today to give you a word from the Lord because you are so precious to God. But first, before we begin today's teaching, I want to welcome you. And also for those of you that are joining us for the first time, I want to invite you to go to our website at mydayofdestiny.com. There you can see and hear all of our podcasts. You can select any podcast you choose and listen to it and add to your spiritual curriculum and add to your library and experience the wealth of wisdom that God wants to give you for your ministry, for your destiny, for your place, for your position. Now, beloved saints, let's go to the Word of God. Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Corral. Welcome to our program today, The Prophetic Word. And today I pray that the Holy Spirit will mantle you for the miraculous. My prayer for you today is that God is going to empower you with the Holy Spirit on a level like you've never known before. And particularly, today I'm gonna speak to you just for a moment about the spiritual significance of dreams. You know, beloved saints, dreams are something that happen to all of us. And I want you to know, God does speak to us in a dream. But even more significantly, the Bible tells us, if there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known to him in a vision, I will speak to him in a dream. Numbers chapter 12, verse six. And did you know that dreaming dreams is a sign of the Holy Spirit's coming on the day of Pentecost? This is what the Bible tells us in Acts chapter two, verse 16. This is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel that it shall come to pass in the last days, saith the Lord, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall see visions and your young men shall dream dreams. Well, in a Hebrew sense of scripture, visions and dreams are one and the same. As a matter of fact, Daniel referred to the visions of the night, his dreams as night visions. You know, beloved saints, have you ever been in a state of complete confusion, wanting to know God's will? Did you ever ask God, God, what am I supposed to do? Or has something ever troubled you to such a degree that your heart was breaking and you didn't know what God was doing? Let me tell you how the Holy Spirit always comes through for us. The Bible tells us when Joseph, the husband of Mary, was so confused, he did not know what to do. The anointing of the Holy Spirit came upon him. And the Bible tells us that the confusion became completely clarified through a vision of the night. The angel Gabriel came in a dream and said, don't fear to, for you, Joseph, to take Mary as your wife. Now, you know, beloved, there are some of us 
that we have had such a difficult time. We don't know the direction for our destiny. But did you know that Paul, when he was out to sea, after he had done a great campaign of missionary work, he was out to sea and the Spirit did not allow him to go in the direction that he originally planned. And he went to go to Bithynia. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 16. But again, we see that there was confusion and the spirit suffered him not. But the Bible tells us then came the anointing. The Holy Spirit came through for Paul, just as the Holy Spirit is going to come through for you. And the Bible says, and then the Bible says in Acts chapter 16, verse night, a vision appeared to Paul in the night and a man from Macedonia stood and said, come over here and help us. Now, I want you to know something. The Holy Spirit's the same. As a matter of fact, something very similar to this happened to me. I was on my way to South Africa many years ago in 1990. And I was going to do a campaign in South Africa while there was still apartheid. And you know, I wanted to go to South Africa and I wanted to go to a township, but I had no way to go there. And my meetings were not scheduled in a township. But before I got to South Africa, I had a dream. And God showed me Durban, South Africa. He showed me a township. I didn't even know there was such a thing in Durban. And he showed me a huge community of Indian people. And I knew God wanted me to go there. And you know, a great revival broke out. I obeyed the dream. You know, we need to follow our dreams. We need to be sensitive to know what the Holy Spirit is showing us is the most important thing. It's more important than anything we can think of in our natural man. Do you know why? Because the Bible tells us the natural man receives not the spirit of God, neither can he know them. It receives not the things of the spirit of God, neither can he know them. So it's impossible for my carnal mind to even assess something like a spiritual dream and to follow it. But we who are spiritual follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, beloved, we're going to go live to the program in your Belinda. We're going to go live to the service. And I want you to receive the word coming in power and anointing in your Belinda, California. And then, beloved, I'm going to be back to pray for you to receive that anointing of night visions and dreams, just like Joseph, just like Daniel, just like Jacob, just like Abraham, just like Paul, just like God wants to give you. I believe it with all my heart as a sign of the spirit in this hour. We'll be back in just a few moments to be elders among the people. And verse 16 speaks of elders two times. Why is the Bible repeating the word elders? Because the Bible wants us to know that the criteria for the, for, uh, the mantle is going to be spiritual maturity. And how is a, a person qualified to be 
what we would con consider spiritually mature, not just someone who is a Bible computer, not just someone who has gifts. What is going to constitute spiritual maturity as we see here in this word is someone who is willing to bear the burden alongside a ministry. Someone who is a burden bearer. This is what is said because the Bible is saying, choose elders. The word elders are used twice and who you know to be officers among the people. And then we see the qualification for exaltation into greatness is someone who is willing to bear the burden. And here we see it. And the Bible tells us, let's look at this specific instruction of the Holy Spirit given to Moses by God. He said, take 70 elders. And we can compare this in context to the 70 who Jesus sent out. 70 elders among the people, elders who you know to be elders and make office and officers over them and bring them to the tabernacle of the congregation. And I will come down with thee and talk with thee there. And I will take of the spirit, the contagious component in the anointing. I will take of the spirit that is upon thee and I will put it upon them. And the Bible tells us this is exactly what happened. In verse 25, the Bible tells us, and the Lord came down in a cloud and he spoke unto him and he took of the spirit that was upon him and he parted it to the 70 elders and they prophesied with him. Now, I want you to understand that the manifestation of what is going on here is prophecy. Why? Because God has called Moses to be a prophet. And so therefore, that anointing that was on Moses as a prophet, no, they are not called to be the next Moses. And no, they were not called to be equal with Moses's place in the house. They were called to bear the burden with Moses. So by that, I mean, of course, there is, they must be equal. But by that, I mean, there is a place in the body that the Lord has placed apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And so we need to understand that they are now undergirding Moses. They are going to hold him up. Now, beloved saints, as we continue in the context, let us go over and let us see from Second Kings. We are going to see here in God's word, Second Kings chapter two, we are going to see two types of disciples. We are going to see one who has a very personal relationship with Elijah. And then we are going to see others who also are sons of the prophets who Elijah has trained. But we are going to see one has a very personal relationship with Elijah and the others are at a distance. And in a personal prophetic sense of scripture, Elijah is a type of Holy Spirit. And we are going to see something here. We can either be very intimate with the Holy Spirit. We can either know him personally and we can follow his leading or we can be distanced afar off like the sons of the prophets. Now, I want to tell you something, dear people of God, something we need to know about the Holy Spirit. He will never take second place in our life. The Holy Spirit should never be an afterthought. 
He should be the most important thing in our lives because he's showing us Jesus. He's speaking to us everything Jesus is teaching us. So this is why it is so important that our relationship with the Holy Spirit is treasured, that our relationship with the Holy Spirit is the most important relationship because he is going to bring us to that place of knowing God's will. He's going to bring us to that place of following Jesus perfectly. He's only going to glorify Jesus. He's only going to speak about Jesus. We would never know the will of Jesus if the Holy Spirit did not reveal it to us. This is why Jesus said he will not speak of himself, but whatsoever things that he hears, that shall he speak. And he shall show you things to come. So notice when Jesus is introducing the Holy Spirit at the Last Supper, the one who's going to take his place while he's here on earth, the one that is going to teach us everything Jesus taught us. He will never speak outside of Jesus. He will only reveal what Jesus is saying. He will only teach us to do what Jesus is doing. And what Jesus is emphasizing at the Last Supper is the personal pronouns. Notice if you look at John chapter 14, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, neither can the world know him. The world cannot know the Holy Spirit. The world cannot see the Holy Spirit. He is given exclusively to the church. He is given to the church so that we might have the presence of Jesus among us. This is why the Bible says he, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, neither can it know him, but you know him. And he has been with you and he shall be in you. Notice Jesus is referring to the Holy Spirit as he. Jesus is referring to the Holy Spirit as a person. This is why the text goes out of its way to emphasize the personal pronoun as we see it here. Whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. Not it not, him not. And then the Bible continues in the context, for he dwells with you and he shall be in you. This is why it is so important, beloved saints, for us to understand the language that Jesus is using at the Last Supper. He wants the church to know the Holy Spirit the way he did. He wants the church to operate with that friendship with the Holy Spirit the way he did. And so before he goes back to heaven, before he goes to Calvary, he wants to impart to the church the greatest gift, his, his closest companion while he was here on earth as a man. Now, please understand, Jesus as the Messiah was as much man as though he were not God and as much God as though he were not man. We must understand fully God and fully man, but yet he did not heal as God. He did not deliver as God, yet still being God, never for one moment not being God. 
but in his nature as man, as a yielded vessel, surrendered to the Holy Spirit in everything he did. And this is why, beloved saints, he is referring to the Holy Spirit as a person. And this is why the scripture is telling us in John 16, verse 13, Howbeit he, when the spirit of truth is come, he shall guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever things he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he shall show you things to come. Personal pronouns. Now, beloved saints, I want you to understand something about this. I want you to understand we have two ways we can receive the instruction from God. We can either be like the sons of the prophets, be distanced and learn just as they did with Elijah, or we can be like Elisha, that personal relationship. Elisha knew Elijah. He knew everything about him because he served him. Elijah, a type of Holy Spirit, an archetype, a shadow, an example. As God's children, we have the opportunity now to know the Holy Spirit as a person, to be intimate with him, to know when he says, go, we go. When he says, stop, we stop. That we don't, we don't lead, we follow. We surrender everything we have to him. And today, I believe the Holy Spirit is calling so many of us to receive the mantle. And one of the ways that we receive that miraculous mantle in our life is through following what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. Through yielding to him. He wants to mantle you with his presence. He wants to mantle you with power. He wants to mantle you to go forward in this hour. Let us pray right now. Let us believe God this very moment. Precious Holy Spirit, we ask you to come. We ask you to fill us. Fill us, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Hi, we're back again. Did you know, beloved saints, that when Joseph had his dream in Genesis chapter 37, the Bible tells us he saw stalks of wheat falling before his sheaf. I want you to know something. The wheat harvest happens during Pentecost. And Joseph's dream is a prophetic prefiguring of what the Holy Spirit does during Pentecost on that glorious day when the Holy Spirit was poured out and the anointing to dream dreams was given to every one of us. Beloved saints, I believe you are called to dream dreams. The most beautiful thing about the dream is that it shows us God is involved in the personal affairs of our life. He knows what you're thinking 
And you know what? He knows when you're troubled. He knows when you, when you don't know what to do. Just like we shared earlier, a few minutes ago, when Joseph was concerned and the Bible says, when he thought on these things, the angel Gabriel appeared in a vision of the night. So I want you to know when we think about things, God knows about it. And so often he wants to bring the revelation of destiny. He wants to bring divine direction. He wants to show you what he's going to do in your future or interpret the present through a dream. The Bible tells us even Abraham, one night when he laid down, the Bible tells us in Genesis 15, and he after he had offered the covenant between the pieces, which is a powerful covenant that God made with Abraham. And the Bible says smoke was going up between the pieces as he offered it on the altar. And he laid down as he was staring at the smoke. And you know, sometimes what we've looked at before we go to sleep is the very material that God uses to manufacture the dream in our life. And as he was looking at the smoke, the Bible goes out of its way to say he was looking at the smoke. Then the Bible tells us a darkness came over Abram in his sleep because why? He saw his descendants before any of them were born. The Bible tells us the Lord spoke and says, know of a surety that your seed is going to go down into a strange land and they're going to sojourn there for 400 years and they shall afflict them. But afterward, I'm going to bring them out with great substance. I want you to know that was a destiny dream. You know, there's many different types of dreams. There's destiny dreams. There is divine direction dreams like we just shared in Acts 16 verses 6 through 9. Did you know there's also dreams to interpret the very present? So, beloved, I pray today that God speaks to you in a dream, just like he did Solomon, that he's going to tell you his destiny, your destiny, and that you're going to go forward. And sometimes, even in the dream, there's someone we can't recognize. There may be a voice we've never heard before speaking in the dream. That's the voice of God using maybe an angel speaking to you in a dream and you didn't even know it. Or maybe it's just the Lord using that person in the dream to be a person to direct you into your destiny. Heavenly Father, today I pray for every person. I pray that Lord, you will anoint God's people right now with the anointing of dreams like they've never seen before. I pray right now in Jesus name that father, you break strongholds and Lord, I pray that the dreams will direct your people into their destinies. In Jesus name we pray. Amen and amen. Now, saints of God, I invite you, if you have been dreaming dreams to write them down, because you know why? That's what Daniel did. The Bible says he wrote down the vision in Daniel chapter seven, verse one. 
And sometimes we got to separate the wheat from the chaff in the dream. Because why? Not always the entire dream is prophetic. There may be only pieces of the puzzle that are prophetic. So get into God's word, learn about the dreams, learn about the night visions and allow the Holy Spirit to bring you into a dimension of destiny you've never been before. And today, as we close this telecast, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior. Today, you can do this in the privacy of your own home. Have you been struggling with an addiction? Have you been struggling with a feeling of wondering, am I saved or not? Have you been wondering, where will I go after this life? Will I be in heaven when I die? Well, beloved saints, I want you to know it is possible to pass from this life immediately into the presence of the Lord. Did you know that the thief on the cross repented and Jesus said this day, you shall be with me in paradise. Beloved, I want you to receive eternal life. And did you know, beloved, the great gift of eternal life is going to change your heart. You are going to pass from death unto life. And you are going to know that you've been born again because God's going to put a love in your heart for others. You're going to have a love for people you never thought you'd love before because this is the sign that we've passed from death unto life, that we love the brethren. Say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my personal Savior. I repent of sin. I want to go to heaven. I want salvation in my life. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my best friend. Wash me clean from sin. I give you this burden of sin and addiction. Come into my heart, Lord God. Cleanse me from sin. I want to be born again. If you said that prayer, I believe Christ has heard you by faith. And it is by faith that we're saved. Hallelujah. So just know this. Call the number on your screen. We're here for you. And I also want to invite you to be part of the global, worldwide Hesed Outreach. This is an outreach helping orphans, helping the poorest of the poor, helping the marginalized, not once a month, not once a year, but every single day. Whether in Nadu, Tamil, India, Uganda, Pakistan, the Philippines, and many other places where we have our orphans, where we have our children being taken care of with daily feeding programs, where we help the abandoned elderly, and so many other wonderful programs. Remember, Hesed means loving kindness, and there's a boomerang. When you give to Hesed, Hesed comes right back to you. Now let's go to the announcer so that we can see how to give to Hesed today. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us on our telecast today. We want you to know that your love is greatly appreciated. We'd like to invite you to take this opportunity to donate to our Hesed Global Missions. Let the love of Jesus shine on you today.
You can help our feeding programs in Masaka, Uganda, and Kampala, Uganda, help educate children in India. We are raising up Christians who have been violated of their human rights in Pakistan through the Dr. Michelle Corral Sewing School. There are so many initiatives that need your seed. Become a part of Hesed Worldwide Global Initiatives today. Text Hesed to 77977 or visit our website, breathofthespirit.org, and click donate to donate via PayPal. Thank you on behalf of the thousands that are helped every day by this ministry. Thank you for joining us today on this podcast. I'm Dr. Michelle Corral, and we'll see you very soon.